0: So, if it has pores, gills, or teeth, don't eat it. Just no, don't eat it, just Kevin. Don't
1: just don't just, eat I'm it. Going, <laughs> just, I, 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 Only I, eat I, mushrooms you get from Gowan Valley Farm. Exactly. Exactly. I
2: believe.
1: Hello Chattanooga, it's the Hits 96 podcast brought to you by Journey Hemp. I'm Natalie, I've got Gino D and DJ Kevin Hayes with me. Later on in this episode we are going to talk to Gabe and Emma from Gowan Valley Farms and we're going to learn a little bit about mushrooms. What mushrooms are safe, what mushrooms are not safe. Uh, pretty much most of them are not safe, but you right. can get their That's expertise yeah, yeah. So we'll later, later on in this on episode.
3: Sure, which is actually pretty cool. And they're over in uh, Rocky Face, Georgia, by mm-hmm. the way. That's not far from the station. Located, which is really cool. So Kevin has this video that he's been talking about nonstop.
1: Very passionate he's very about Very
3: passionate about, it. about this. Another, another <laughs> fight video. What I mean, is it about fight videos that excite you? You know I wish
0: I had an explanation. <laughs> I wish I could say something clever to say, like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. because it's nah. sometimes it's just funny to watch people fight. Sure. Just, to, just to be perfectly honest. But uh, this fight, it was at a Morgan Wallen concert. And again, the reason why I'm so passionate about it, because I can only imagine if I would have been in the situation, mm-hmm. I would have done the exact same thing. So this, they were at a Morgan Wallen concert in Pittsburgh. And this woman was like standing in front of the uh, porter party. Well, I guess these two girls thought that she broke in line. So they jumped her. And they like end up pushing her into the porta potty and try to push the woman's head into the toilet.
3: Ugh! Yeah, so gross. Bitches. Exactly. And think about all of the all, for all the reasons to jump somebody. The woman yeah, cut seriously? in line at a porta potty. No, no. Potty. They thought she did. Well, fair. She, yeah. But she thought. That, but even though, even if she That's did cut dumb. in line, they're still going to jump her. If somebody cuts me in line at a porta potty, I'm um, thinking that person needs that way more than yeah, I do. I'm going to let them have their moment. <laughs> so let alone
0: touch them. But then the woman's daughter comes out of nowhere like like Wrestlemania style just runs <laughs> up and just starts throwing hands I mean every she opened that door and just starts get, going to work mm-hmm. she punches one girl throws her out gets the other girl throws her out well then when she throws that girl, that second girl out the mom stands up grabs the girl and throws the girl to the ground and the fight was over I'm like wow. yo and, and the reason I'm so passionate about it because had that been my mom course i mean my sister would have been in jail because somebody's dying like, <laughs> like, some, somebody is going to the hospital that night right so i was like man so it got me to thinking like what's the craziest thing that you've either seen at a sporting event concert or just some large public gathering that was just like that is really weird or i've never seen anything like that
1: i was at beyonce back in july and um she was late, very, very late. How late was she again? She was like two hours late. Yeah,
3: Dang! Say,
1: it she was. <laughs> She's doing Lauren. Hill. And it was hot, <laughs> hot, hot, hot. I was just sweating my ass off. But um, during the show, when it got dark, we there was two girls that ended up showing up beside me, and they brought out weed. <laughs> I had never seen it like I've seen it in the movies, like right. where people like smoke up at concerts mm-hmm. or whatever, but. It's like, how in yeah. the world did you sneak that in here? So this how, was in like, a
3: vape pen. This was no. This, a, this was, was like the real stuff. The,
1: gra- the whole like the, in <laughs> the cigar. The yes, the
3: with them, yeah.
1: it's a joint. Yes, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I was so nervous too because like, I don't know. Well, now you're all in the yeah. Yeah, like I get
0: it. Wait a minute. So like they did you did you see them pull the blood out or did no? You just, I you just we were just
1: it? yeah we were just standing there singing and then i noticed smoke and i was like well what is that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were lighting with a lighter i was like how did you get a lighter in here too <laughs> like geez.
0: i actually have an answer for this and i'm pretty sure no i ain't gonna say it i'm not no about to give i me did sneak in, get it in liquor well, in my
1: boots that was, night so they say, weren't checking hard boots the there. yeah yeah she had
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming she made was she curvaceous
1: no she was actually very small and thin and Beautiful, just sure. two beautiful black girls, two, just two beautiful partying right next girls. to me. It was great. <laughs> having a good time. They were wow. having a great time. They were wow. so nice. They gave me water, and it was great.
3: They give you weed too? No, it it I didn't partake.
1: <laughs> no, I did not partake that night.
3: Fair enough. What about you, Gino? I mean, I've seen that in numerous things. We were talking a little bit before we started recording here. I've definitely seen people just light up in the middle of a show, which is kind of weird. Just all the different shows, alternative bands, and things that I've seen Mm -hmm. over the years. Um, One thing that did come to mind when you asked this question before was I remember being, I think it was in Boston, but it was um, one of like, it was now the TD Bank Garden, but a real steep seating. So you have to like kind of walk upstairs, like a real steep. And I saw this one older woman. Lose was her balance <laughs> and not just fall a couple stairs and land. I mean, she, it was like she couldn't stop herself. <laughs> and she just rolled and just kept falling and just was like, and everybody, there's nothing you can do at that point because mm-hmm. everybody that's not paying attention, you know, we're all up above watching her fall. <laughs> so there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And then everybody below is not really paying attention. And eventually she stopped. And I think she was taken away by the EMTs. I mean, she was hurt. Like, it, I mean, I can imagine. Was, it was devastating to watch. It was just boom. I mean, it's kind of funny now to think about it. <laughs> (laughs) I hope the woman is okay. But she ended up having me taken out. And that was before anything even started. We were at some concert. It was before anything. She missed everything. She just lost her footing and went boom, 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 and just rolled like Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) I don't know if it's the craziest thing I've seen, but it was definitely something that came to mind when you said that. I mean, I've seen numerous fights. I went to, when I lived in Los Angeles, we went to Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And that was like going to a boxing match. There were so many fights that break out at Dodgers Stadium throughout this particular game, and they're pretty known for their fighting. And there, ways. ways, have been oh, yeah. in headlines over the years. But that was like if you sat up top and just watched, you were going to eventually see a fight. You could see more fights than you did baseballs. You know, it was just crazy. So I've seen a lot of bad fights, and that's scary stuff. I don't like. I don't I mean I don't personally like fighting at all, but to actually watch people, and then when you say, you know, so it's a crowd, and they're. Getting all bunched up, and then all of a sudden somebody walks out, and then there's bloodied. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you guys are at a we're at a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> everybody relax. So I've seen a lot of fights, and that and that such.
0: Uh, we went to a Titans playoff game, I guess two years ago. They were playing the Bengals, and we're watching the game, and it's packed. Mm-hmm. It's cold, and it's packed. We're having a good time, and all of a sudden we just notice like there's some random person on the field, and I'm like. Is that this dude ran on, right on the field and he's running down the sideline. and Eventually, security caught him. Who was it? It was just a random oh, fan, just, just random hopped dude, on yeah. the field. Which he just started running
3: and they
0: caught him. And you know,
3: Did they tackle
0: you. Oh, yeah, they tackled him. Like, it's funny when like you see it. like a player do it. Mm-hmm. So when a player hits you, it's like this is what they do
3: for a living, mm-hmm. they're waiting for this. They're not supposed to, though. The players, well, they don't know. You, look, I it, mean, I, I mean, defense is one thing. But I know that the players aren't supposed to but only because the you know, know He slowed up the game, man. Hey, slowed up the game. I, don't, I don't know what I don't your think plans supposed are. To touch them because it's just one of those. Oh, weird... there's been
0: several players that have like. Oh, I'm sure there have been. James Harrison is one of them. I think the other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he slant, he body slammed somebody. Um, I think the other thing that was crazy that I saw. Um, I was actually at a club. It was a party, and this it was years ago. I was here in Chattanooga, and this girl was on top of the bar, spraying everybody with beer. Mm-hmm. And she sprayed everybody indiscriminately. It didn't matter. Right. Now, of course, all the dudes <laughs> were gentlemen. We're like...
3: But the women didn't take...
0: And I, I was like, all right. I, I let it go. I mean, she got me right in the eye. <laughs> so then she did it again, and of course, she sprayed some girls. This girl had a shot glass or had a glass full uh. of alcohol. I don't know how she did it, but when I say every content in that glass hit that girl in the face i'm like oh no so then they get the she's like she's like what are you doing and like so she's yelling at the girls and mind you she's standing on the bar so the girl just snatched her off the bar or oh snatched her gosh. took tackled her ain't you not know like in the westerns how they drag you across the bar mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how they did her <laughs> <laughs> security's on the other side so they giving her the business just bah i mean just cracking her so once security finally got there everybody kind of parted so i'm like who where, where'd the girl go i didn't realize they had knocked her wig
1: off oh you didn't uh, recognize her
0: could not i mean <laughs> i mean it was bad but i was like i mean i felt bad i hate to see anybody get jumped sure. but at the same time kind of like you didn't spray everybody with yeah, bud like spraying light. spraying yeah, everybody yeah. else
3: you're asking for it like
0: and that's and she got all of it
1: (laughs) you guys would be so proud of me last week i was on vacation Mm -hmm. and um i went to a my very first strip club and my very first burlesque club wait a minute Uh. when you say
3: strip club you mean like i saw boobies (laughs) and when we're supposed to be proud of you what part are we supposed to be proud of you oh just because it's a new it's uncomfortable yeah why was it is uncomfortable. uncomfortable i think it's uncomfortable. I,
1: just because like i don't know i just feel sorry <laughs> i just feel sorry and it you, makes I, me girl, uncomfortable
3: i mean i think most situations the girls are doing it on their own i will, understand will, that under their but own. was it a high-end strip club yeah. or was no a hole in you could the wall?
0: get in
1: for free so oh, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> no, was it a strip club strip club or was it a bikini bar there's a difference
1: i saw all parts so so oh, make, so it was a strip club. Okay. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well. But the burlesque show was really, really good because they it was like sexy and cool, hmm. but no, like you, it's not uncomfortable.
3: Like you, it, we sure, went yeah, to they were in costumes almost. Yeah, they're costumes I mean, and they're entertaining. Like,
1: lingerie, like lingerie, yeah. Oh, it was hanging from ceilings and just sure. just classier. I yeah, love that.
3: Right. So, but the strip club that was an experience that you were like, uh, did you make it rain? That, that's all. Did hail, you make it rain? No. <laughs> hell no okay. so
0: you got it for free and you didn't make it rain
3: no make it drizzle you didn't pay for anything any i didn't money? pay for anything no tips even when they Did walk jake around throw jake,
1: money? Pa- jake paid i don't know probably not we literally you could sit at the bar and then one yep. stage was on one side and one stage was on the other and we were on the side where no one was performing mm-hmm. so we literally walked over there I stood in the middle of the room and we just walked right back out because I just couldn't handle it. (laughs) It was not So there's no
3: dances. You didn't see anybody. (laughs) I saw naked people like walking walking from the stage,
1: but, um, yeah. How many to the
3: stage? Mm -hmm. Destiny! Mm -hmm. No. I've only been to a handful of strip clubs. I don't like them either, personally. Mm -hmm. It's just not my scene, but... I went to, when I was only 18, we went to a bunch of friends up to Montreal, mm-hmm. and we went to these really, and they have strip clubs everywhere in Montreal, especially in this part of the city. I don't know if now, like I said, this is almost, oh my gosh, 20 years ago now at this point, <laughs> but we, when we went, there was this one, you could tell what club was nice, and then when the, when the <laughs> clubs were like a little bit mm-hmm, sketchy, because mm-hmm. it was usually the free ones or the sketchy ones, mm-hmm. there's, there's no denying that. Um, I remember being, I went to a bunch of coworkers at the time, and I remember we went down, we just, it was Four or five guys. So we all came in, and the girls came right over to us. They were not shy at all. But you could know when it was a dirty place when the uh, the <laughs> they would take out handkerchiefs and put, and put it put over them on the seat, seat. before they sat down. And so that's when gross. you knew, oh, okay, so it's that type of place, <laughs> you know, mm. whatever. But then we went to one club. It was, I think, it was called Super Sexy, and um, these girls looked like they fell out of a magazine. Yeah. There's no reason that any of them. Really should have been up on stage removing their clothes because they, if, if Instagram was as big as it was back then, as it is now, mm-hmm. they'd they probably be Instagram famous. I mean, beautiful, beautiful girls just taking off their clothes. Now, the interesting part about Canada is that they don't have like $1 bills. Like their smallest bill, I believe, is a $5 bill. <laughs> <laughs> so you have coins, okay? Oh, oh no. <laughs> and I'm not lying. People throw coins. They would put coins on the thing, and some guys would put like stacks of coins on the stage, Uh and then they would pick them up in very precarious ways. Oh my! Oh my goodness! (laughs) Something I couldn't believe. I I wouldn't believe it unless I didn't see it myself in person. They would pick it up in just all the ways that you can imagine.
0: But there's a whole bunch of Monastas Seven (laughs) in that locker room. There's all
3: kinds of things. Then there was these, and then some. Like I said, the more high end club. These girls would do what they called pretzels and they would do all kinds of different like sex moves on the stage. And again, completely out of my element. I was only 18. I think I was a virgin at the time. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this is just... know, walk that with his voice deeper. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> on Hey, ladies,
3: how you doing? I
0: went to a strip club. Every time that I went, I haven't been... I'm like, I don't go. No, not my it's not thing. thing. It's not... Yeah. I mean, it's it just not. And... uh <laughs> I'll, I got taken because a friend of mine wanted to go for his birthday. Because we're driving around. He's like, hey, man, I want to go to a club. I'm like, it's a Tuesday night. Like We just we just left one. What do you like, mean?
3: It's 4 o'clock on a we're Tuesday. Like, <laughs> what do you
0: mean? Like, you know, it's still like, no, nah, man, I want to go to a club. I'm like, what kind of club you want to go to? Because I'm like, we just left one. No, nah, man, I want to go. You want to go to a show club? Yeah. Mind <laughs> you, he's already hammered. Or on the way to. So I take him to one here in town, cause that's where he wanted to go. Sure. I just was like, <laughs> so somehow he talked us talked us into us going into the club. We had to pay the cover. So we're just sitting there. I'm already ready to leave. Like I'm like sure. I'm ready to go. Like I, I'm I, I want to go home. So we're sitting there. And he goes up and he gets a in VIP. Now VIP was just upstairs, so you could see him. And so again, he's highly inebriated at this point. Well, now the girl wants to be paid. So he goes to the ATM to pay, and like he can't get any money out. And the bar's closing. And the bouncer, who looked like he may have played in the NFL, not sure. <laughs> hey, man, time to go. All right, man. Well, now he's starting to get mad. My friend starting to get mad at the bouncer. I'm like, dude, this is not the
3: time. Like, this guy will hurt you. So you got a dance, and then you have the bouncer was and, trying and, to. Re-
0: well, he was trying to get it the, the friend was trying to get us to. Well, he he had to pay the dancer. He hadn't paid her yet, mm-hmm. and it was closing time for the club. So they're like, "Yo, Jeez. y'all got to get out because I got to do tip out. They got to do all sure. this stuff." And he was holding out the process, gotcha. so he was like, "And he couldn't get his card to work." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude," I said, "Hey, man, hey, hey listen, Mr. Bouncer, I'll pay, <laughs> Mr. Bouncer, so we can get out of here because my friend was getting mad. Like he could see him just." starting to that Hennessy was about to kick in he's about to just I'm like oh no so I pay the dancer we go out now he's mad I feel like she played me what do you mean she played you you wanted to dance you gotta dance what more were you expecting this is not one of these movies where other stuff happens I'm pretty sure it happens other other clubs like what do you mean like do you think that she actually liked you? <laughs> <laughs> my guy, you're a transaction. Right. That's all that's all you were. You were just a dance, you were a means to an end, True. and that's it. Yeah. You had a. you wanted a service, you paid for it, and he was mad the whole time when we were driving back to his house. I'm like, what are you mad for? You gotta dance. He I, he a private dance at that. He fell in love. Off
1: of one dance? <laughs> I, I mean don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay, we gotta get off this subject now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm d- I feel like I need a shower after
3: this. <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah. No, I didn't. You, you wanted did. to, to be proud of you because you went into the strip club.
1: I didn't know it was going to go to this this extent. <laughs> I didn't
3: here. know we had stories.
1: No, I didn't know y'all had
3: stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so you
0: think that at our age, we've never graced the doorstep of y'all a strip club. Y'all are
1: men. I'm sure you have. And you're older than me. But sure. like. Different
3: time thing. Yeah. i did, just not into I it. did one radio remote. Had a strip club. I did too. Had a strip club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> up, in, up in New Hampshire, oh. Granted, I worked for a rock station, so God. it fit. <laughs> and nothing happened. That was that, you know, crazy. But the woman would go around, and I declined because I thought it was so weird. But she was motorboating everybody.
1: She was motorboating, or you were no. allowed to motorboat her. Well,
3: if you wanted to, I'm sure you could sign up. But she was going around yes. offering sign
1: up. For she was moment. going around
3: offering motorboats, and I was like, I'm, so I'm good, gross. I'm good, I'm all set. Yeah, especially I'd when just, you know every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's in here <laughs> already had a try. That's movies. a good way to catch mono. But, but that was like the only crazy things I saw. Other than that, every, the girls are always really were always very nice. And you I know,
1: didn't talk to them; I was just too scared.
3: Yeah. It's a weird thing. It's a, a weird it's thing. Not my, it's not my it's uh, not my cup of tea either. Of
0: tea either. I'd mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna pay you to dance with me. I but like
3: clubs in general.
1: I don't hate on it, you know. Get your money, girl. Sure. I'm or all about that. Sport. With it. That's what I'm saying. If these girls yeah. are
3: signing up. They're doing they know what they're getting themselves mm-hmm. into and be safe. it is what it is. Just be
1: exactly. safe. All right, let's
3: play this exactly. whatever
1: question <laughs> game you
3: have. <laughs> it's not a question game. This is actually something just I, I found online. I guess these are according to AI, right? This is something yeah. that was done by somebody on chat GBT or whatever. Fun but controversial questions. Fun but controversial questions. So I thought we'd go through a couple of them, and then eventually we'll be talking to Emma and Gabe from uh, Gowan Valley Farms. We'll talk mushrooms and so much more. Yay! But we'll get through a couple of these. So, is pineapple an acceptable pizza topping? No! That's why this is fun and controversial. Absolutely not. I don't think so either, but Natalie likes it. I do. You like Hawaiian pizza? Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I like I like any pizza, any topping, I love pizza.
3: I mean, I'll eat a Hawaiian pizza. Don't get me wrong. There's something about just having it be kind of cold. I don't really. Like yeah. It. Pineapple's kind of cold usually. Yeah.
1: No, thank but you. But I like it. It's like the warm ham and the cold and the butter sure. and the ranch. Oh, it's so good.
3: Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, think, I don't think so either, but- Throw it in the trash. There's a lot of people listening right now <laughs> saying,
1: oh, yeah. Team Natalie. I love that.
3: <laughs> Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses?
1: 100 duck-sized
3: horses or one. Or one giant duck. Essentially, one giant duck that's the size of a horse. Or a 100 uh, duck-sized horses. 100 duck-sized, 100 duck-sized horses. horses. Yeah, I think I would too. I think you could just step jokers. on them right, or whatever. a giant duck coming at you, what are you going to do? Them jokers are mean, man. <laughs> peck you out. Is it better to have a time machine that only goes back in time or one that only goes forward in time?
0: Back in time,
1: yeah, I would say back in time because picking you numbers, don't baby. know what the future holds, and I, you may not want to know because you'll have to dread it or be excited about right. it. But if you want to go back to like good times, you can always go back.
3: Yeah, because I guess if you're going forward, you're never coming back. You can so you're skip, well, not according to this question, oh, okay. right? I Whatever. Mean, that's what the whole thing. Oh is. yeah, if yeah, yeah. If your time machine goes back, at least you can you know what you're going back to to an mm-hmm. extent. But I guess if you go in the future, you're gonna miss. 10 years and not know what happened in between yeah.
0: i'll go back 2015 and invest in tesla <laughs> <Heck> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> i
3: always thought it'd be kind of fun if i had a time machine i don't know why this is such a random thought is if you started like it reminded me actually have you ever seen the song that that um that movie what the hell is it called with the beatles oh my gosh yellow i think it was called yellow or whatever—it's the one when the guy, the Beatles don't exist all of a sudden. Oh, I know what you're about. He wake wakes up and some kind of weird anomaly. happens. Oh, happens I, and the I know something Are no longer existing? Yesterday, yes, thank you. Yesterday, yesterday. So he wakes up and the Beatles no longer exist. Okay, and there's no really the cool thing about the movie—they don't have like any kind of sci-fi element to it, other than this happened to this guy. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up and he starts. He's a musician and he starts playing the song or whatever. I won't ruin the whole movie, but more or less he's playing the thing. And then all of a sudden, his friend's like, oh, my gosh, that's a beautiful song. Where is that song? Mm-hmm. He's like, it's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. Like, and like who are the Beatles? Who are the Beatles? And, this is, and the whole movie is about how he is basically reintroducing the world to the Beatles music. That's so cool. So I thought it would be kind of funny to take that kind of premise and be like, what if, if somebody wanted to be a stand-up comic and knew about – you know Dave Chappelle, for example, or Nate Bargatze, or whoever else. Matt Rife right now is mm-hmm. absolutely huge. All these comedians took all of their stuff, <laughs> went back in time, and just did it before they did it. Would it be as funny?
2: Probably, Probably not. not.
3: But some of it might be. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of interesting. Is it about the jokes or is it about the man the or about the woman? It's about, yeah.
0: it's about both. But I think it's also about the delivery. Yeah, like story. I, yeah, like yeah. we can tell the same story, but depending on how you tell the story, either makes it or like mm-hmm. you could have kept that to yourself
3: right fair enough so yeah i'd go back to it i agree <laughs> i agree if you could swap lives with a fictional villain mm-hmm. just for a day who would it be a
1: fictional villain
3: a fictional villain
0: magneto or
3: makes me that'd be kind of a fun one
1: um I, just,
3: I was gonna say my answer would be captain hook from peter oh, pan that's a good one just because i think the pirate life would be cool and to be the captain.
1: And you see all the pretty mermaids.
3: And the pretty, sure, and the pretty mermaids.
0: <laughs> you know what mermaids actually were, right? What? Manatees. Really? That's
3: the legend.
0: That n- hmm. no, I mean, those, that's not even proven. That's not the legend. That, that's what they believed, that the, what they were looking
3: for. What they for. were, yeah. I mean, because after a while, they were just going so crazy out on sea that they would. And they were down bad. I'm just going to say that. They would touch the manatees in inappropriate ways. Oh,
1: that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can be a Carilla villain? Deville?
3: No, you don't. No, because I
1: don't want to hurt puppies. Um, I was thinking Ursula because she can just like. Poor
3: unfortunate soul. You don't have to do necessarily anything bad that day. Okay. You're just living that life. Ursula, Poor yeah. unfortunate soul. <laughs> I don't. know. I never saw the live action. Are oh, you it. It's either. coming on Disney Plus today. That's what I was waiting for. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go check that. One ninety nine
1: for Disney Plus for the next three months for new subscribers and current.
3: What, you get a job with them?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not be Magneto. I'm moving stuff around.
3: Yeah, Magneto be good too. What's the superior way to eat a taco? Do you fold it or take bites from the side?
1: What do you mean? Like a hard shell taco? Soft <laughs> Just shell?
3: the superior way to eat a taco is you, you fold it.
1: Fold it into a half take circle. take bites from
3: the side? I don't know. Take, even, I take I don't a really bite understand. from the side. The like ends of it.
1: turn your head.
0: And yeah, the ends of it. Yeah. yeah, the ends. That S way.
1: The All ends. Right.
3: Do you think aliens would prefer to communicate with cats or dogs?
1: Cats. Yeah. Dogs. They're
0: Cats, Cats
3: don't care.
0: Oh, you're from where? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the, cat,
3: the cat is completely. <laughs> like, like, I mean, wouldn't, you can you be You be
1: stirred, like, stir things up with a cat. If it was a dog, the dog would, like, fight back or whatever, you
0: know? Not a dog would be like, oh, you brought treats? Oh, this is a, <laughs> this is a, Martian, sea, a Martian dog biscuit? Right, okay. I've great. always thought
3: it'd be funny if an alien did see us, like, walking a dog or taking care of a cat or whatever, they'd probably think that we were the servants. Mm-hmm. And the animals would be the ones that would be ruling everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of funny to think about it that way. Yeah. We're picking up dog shit and everything else. <laughs> one time I was taking. It was so funny. So Savannah has mm-hmm. two dogs, mm-hmm. right? That she kind of like co-parents. One of the dogs with her parents, but They sh- they sh- trade them back and forth. They're named Elliot and Picasso. And so occasionally I get t- stuck, and I say stuck. I don't mind doing it. Taking them out before in the mornings and such, especially Savannah goes to work early, so she'll be like, hey, do you mind just walking the dogs and then dropping them off at my dad's house before you go to work? Mm -hmm. No problem. So I take them out around the block and you know they do their business and I have to pick it up at this point. Savannah's actually pretty good about it. If she's out, her dog, she picks up the crap. Not that I have any problem to do that. She feels like it's her Mm -hmm. responsibility. But when it's just me, I get stuck doing it. Again, don't mind, but I swear this one point so fun And he was just Walking these dogs And they're goofballs And they make me laugh No matter what But They they crap They do their thing So I start picking it up And then like There's this whole group Of people That's walking by And it was almost as if It was almost as if They barked at these people To say Hey watch this This guy's gonna pick up My crap <laughs> <laughs> it was like, they weren't like <laughs> aggressive. They weren't like it was just almost like they needed to get attention. attention? Like, Hey, by the way, watch this. And then they get so because everybody looks, and here I am picking up dog crap. And it was like, thanks, guys. Like it's such a awkward thing, and it was almost as if the dogs knew. They knew. They, they knew. knew. Anyway, right, that's what I run this house. Yeah, like watch this. I'm gonna make them pick up my poop. If you could replace one of your body parts with a robotic one, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> uh my mouth really huh why Wha- what's <laughs> your answer my stomach i was actually thinking stomach because you could eat as much as you want if it's a robotic stomach you could eat it process it and then you would never actually feel any kind of weight or anything or you wouldn't feel it would be it would just go through the moment. Well, i
1: talk for a living so if i could just have that automated then <laughs>
3: <laughs> well yeah but then you'd again i, I mean i guess uh, that's your question. That's your answer. You can ask. Say whatever you, you like. A robotic mouth. Robotic
1: feet.
3: Walk yourself. <laughs> hey, I think a stomach Will be a good one because you know. That's what I was thinking. Was yeah. Like stomach. Nothing can hurt your. You know, robotic stomach. You would never get sick again. When you get sick, you'd be able to not lose. You couldn't gain weight. They would be. You could eat anything. Yeah. Essentially.
1: You'd eat batteries and oil.
3: Well, batteries well, might hurt you because of the acid. I guess it depends on how. You're
1: weight. a robot stomach batteries Robot would stuff. be great for you <laughs> <laughs> not when
3: <laughs> I don't know I mean I guess yeah. it depends on how scientific we get with the whole thing I guess somebody I think the normal answer they're looking for is maybe like a robotic arm or robotic legs be super strong super mm. fast yeah okay Robocop but <laughs> I don't know we're all just a bunch of weirdos yeah we are <laughs> alright a couple more should ketchup be stored in the fridge or the pantry
0: in a trash
1: you yeah ketchup? retweet no. I don't like ketchup either I prefer if my it's opened, the then it should be in the fridge. If yeah. it's unopened, you can leave it on the shelf.
3: some people keep it in the pantry, no matter what yeah, Ew, And that's gross.
1: that seems gross to me. I don't know why I don't eat ketchup yeah. I but just like
3: I just like ketchup cold if I'm gonna have any I guess yeah, but if you think about it when they do um
1: they store them on the shelves yeah the store stores're the not in the refrigerated yeah
3: and and it's the whole thing so cake or pie cake, cake. wow, that's three cakes that's rare.
1: Cake, cake, pie, cake. But yeah,
3: I don't. I prefer cake over pie. And last but not least, would you rather always have to speak in rhyme, or would you rather have to speak in riddles for the rest of your oh. life?
1: I don't have the brain capacity it'll for either. To be
3: the Riddler or be Buster Rhymes or Dr. Seuss.
1: I guess Dr. Seuss.
0: <laughs> That's speaking rhymes.
3: Speaking rhymes the whole time, think about how annoying you'd be for people. Although riddles. Riddles. Really? Annoying. <laughs> but. but <laughs> so how are you today? Well, why don't you guess? Or <laughs> 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 you'd be like, oh my gosh, can you just tell me? But no, if you're speaking rhymes, though, you could be a ghostwriter and make buku money. That's
0: true. True. Mm. That's very true. Speaking of rappers, your girl and your girls, Cardi B and Megan and Meg decided to come
3: out with I a know. new song.
1: I saw that.
2: Bongos.
3: They actually said, I think it was something on one of our prep services, might have been Wise Brother or something, that said that... um the most grammatically incorrect <laughs> celebrity on Twitter, or now X, is Cardi B.
1: <laughs> Politically gonna, incorrect?
3: Gram, grammatically incorrect. Oh. No grammar incorrect grammar. Oh, yeah. Harry yeah, Styles yeah. is actually number two, but Cardi B was number one mm-hmm. of like leaving out letters and misspelling and just all the stuff. Most grammatically incorrect.
0: That's funny. <laughs> she says she's a certified freak, not a certified geek. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We want to get to our interview. First, we'll have word from, of course, Journey Hemp, our proud sponsor. And then we'll have Gabe and Emma, and they'll talk all about
1: Gowan Valley Farms. Valley Farms.
3: We'll get all their information too and make sure to link up on our Facebook as well as our Instagram. We'll do that. Journey Hemp, located on Tennessee Avenue in St. Elmo, offers a wide range of high quality 50 state legal products. They have everything from tinctures and hemp flour to vaping products and edibles. They also have a delicious selection of gummies, brownies, infused slushies, and infused drinks. And if you're in need of smoking accessories, they've got you covered with a full line of options. However, it's not just the products that make Journey Hemp special. Their staff is incredibly knowledgeable and friendly, ensuring that you have a great experience every time you visit. Plus, they're open seven days a week, so you can stop by whenever it's convenient for you. They even have a loyalty program to reward you for your continued support. Journey Hemp is in a great location that's easily accessible. 3908 Tennessee Avenue in St. Elmo. You can also learn more at journey-hemp.com. Dot com. Don't wait. Your journey to wellness and relaxation starts at Journey Hemp.
1: Today, we have two very special guests, Gabriel Harrison and Emma Regal from Gowan Valley
2: Farms. How are y'all? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Okay, so I met y'all at the market. Y'all are at the Chattanooga market every Sunday, right?
2: Yes, every Sunday we'll also do Oktoberfest and all of the Christmas markets at the Conference Center.
1: Fun, 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 fun. Okay, so tell us what Gowan
2: Valley Farms is. Gowan Valley Farms is a certified naturally grown mushroom farm. Uh, We focus on doing research with other institutions and universities. So right now we grow our mushrooms through a USDA specialty crops block grant and with the Georgia Department of Agriculture as well through Kennesaw State University and Cornell. Um, we are beta testers for them. So we grow all of our mushrooms through their patented technology. Um, and then we also are working with University of Tennessee for research internships. Um, and then we are also working on doing more different types of grants. So we work with more institutions and really focus on producing mushrooms, but with a better or a higher, um, meaning to where we're providing something meaningful back into science.
1: That's so interesting. And
2: these are mushrooms you eat, right? Yes, they're all edible and gourmet. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> um, we do all gourmet. A lot of specialty ones that you won't even see, um, you know, out west, just ones that aren't really even grown in the United States. And the reason is, I don't know, just people are used to their you know, grocery store mushrooms. Right.
3: So, so what did, what inspired you guys to go into the mushroom route then? It's not necessarily a thing you hear every day of like, we're gonna start <laughs> growing mushrooms and really focus on the the science behind mushrooms, really. So how, what's the inspiration behind that on, on going that route?
2: So I would say um, I came into agriculture in a different way. I went and got my master's of marketing from Clemson. I went to Emory University and did um, creative writing in English. So uh, kind of a different background. So. I wanted to run my own farm at some point. I had told my grandpa since I was like four, I wanted to do the farm as my job. And he'd ask me, oh, how are you going to do that? Like, how are you going to pay for it? And I said, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. So I knew with COVID that I was going to figure it out. We came up here um, and we had gone remote. I had like a 90 day no layoff promise. So I was doing marketing copywriting. So, you know, we didn't have much work. So I spent the days working with my grandpa in the garden and learning about agriculture and what his ideas were and just spending a great deal of time with him. Um, So I started selling vegetable boxes and had about 70 or 80 people per week ending up at the end of the summer doing the boxes every week. And uh, Gabe was still working remotely for a tech company at the Atlanta Tech Village in Atlanta. Um, So he started helping kind of towards the middle to end and we started realizing that vegetables were great but I had had spine surgery several years ago, so I can't really do a lot of the manual labor that you need to do for, like, field crops. Sure. Um, so we started thinking, what other ways can we make a business on the farm? And my grandpa was really invested into helping me out at that point. He wanted me to be able to make my dream come true. So my, towards the end of the fall, we started going on walks. My grandpa and I, his health was declining. So we started going out, and he would ride his little scooter around. And um, we started finding golden chanterelles, which are one of the most prized, like locally found foraged mushrooms. And he said, uh, oh, do you know what mushroom this is? And I said, no, I have no idea, but it's really pretty. And he ate it. And he's like, this is a golden chanterelle. You should never eat a mushroom that you don't know in the woods (laughs) or raw ever. Um, But my grandpa, you know, it's from 89 from the area he knew. Uh, so he was like, you should do some research. So I told Gabe, Gabe and I had dinner with him that night and we really talked about it. Googled, you know, Google's a great research uh, tool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for for anything. Um, and we realized that there was just something to it. There was a up and coming kind of momentum when I Googled mushrooms and foraging. It came up with tons of different articles and websites and people doing that. And um, there wasn't that many people doing it in the Chattanooga area. And we're such a hub for nature and education and outdoor adventure. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was a really good kind of pivot point to me and of course I got laid off on like the 94th day yeah, um, yeah like the 90 day lo- was like real and then four <laughs> days later yeah. Six, See you later yeah and it wasn't just me which made me feel better not for the other people but you know it was like 90 percent of the company mm-hmm. um so at that point it was right when we found the chanterelles and my grandpa said a lot of people miss really good chances in life because they're too afraid of the risk and to jump into the unknown so my dad had been spamming me Indeed jobs like every day for months. And finally, I was like, nope, I'm going to start this mushroom farm. Yeah. Um, so Gabe kind of quit his job at about that time. Um, my grandpa's health was declining, but we had started, what, 200 logs? About 200 outdoor logs to grow oysters and shiitake and um, sent all the data to uh, Dr. Chris Cornelianson at Kennesaw State University. Um, It was about a week after my grandpa had died and one of my friends trying to cheer me up sent me this article about the USDA grant they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I just sent in a blind email, put all of my Excel spreadsheet information about the logs and kind of just my situation and wanting to do something really great with the farm and Mm -hmm. also connect to higher education. Um, I got an email within like two hours. We were on the phone with him the next day and we were the fourth and final Georgia farm to be a part of the grant so it was like well i guess we're mushroom farmers now like Uh i've never had anything else work out that easily in my life stars (laughs) aligned yeah it was definitely i tell everybody it was like fate and like my grandpa like yeah doing some magic
3: (laughs) so so now okay so now you're working with kennesaw state and cornell right so what are the actually give some details i guess on what the collaboration actually is when you're working with these universities because we can always say well You're just cultivating mushrooms. What does that actually mean?
4: So on our end, uh, we cultivate about 30 different varieties of mushrooms and we have to keep uh, harvest data um, and different data points for each of the mushroom bags individually. So we might be doing anywhere between two and 400 blocks of mushrooms per week Mm -hmm. and we need to keep uh, dates on the time when the bags were inoculated, the temperatures, um, how much mushroom is actually being yielded from the bag on this first flush. Uh, the date and time associated with that and then the same for the s- subsequent flushes moving forward. Uh, so we provide all of that to them and then they use different software and uh, AI tools to help kind of interpret that data okay. to give us um, metrics to be able to better grow mushrooms and improve our grow.
2: And on um, they're using the AI right now to be able to actually feed that back into the system, all of our data information to where... They are able to kind of uh, self-adjust our module based on conditions that we have been giving them and, you know, taking in what yields have been the best, seeing what those, what our inputs and outputs were for that segment, and then, you know, kind of like adjusting itself like a robot, essentially, instead of having to manually do it, On um, which right now it's semi-automated, so we can control it down to the 1,000th, I think, um, for like 22 different inputs and outputs, but... Um, it will, through our work with them, it'll be to where we aren't really having to do much of anything. The system's going to be doing it itself. It's going to be learning from us yeah. um, over the next two or three years to where, you know, then the secondary grant we're working on will probably have more to do with like specific species and how to control that environment to where it's kind of touch and go mm-hmm. instead of like buttons throughout the entire time. But when, it's, it,
3: when it comes to the different species. These aren't all, are these, these come from the local area where the farm is located, or are these now you guys are bringing in new species to, to grow them? How does that work? So,
4: sort of a mixture of both. Em and I yeah. are wild food safety certified as well. So, we'll go and forage mushrooms, find them in the wild, and then clone them out onto uh, agar petri dishes. Okay, And uh, we can replicate our own mushroom species from the farm doing that. We also will crossbreed several different varieties. Uh, Let's say we find one in Chattanooga and one in our farm. We could hybridize the two together and hopefully take on the best parent traits of the two mushrooms. And then uh, we also will be uh, using commercial cultures that we get through our grant. So we get uh, different mushroom tissue samples or spore samples from Cornell and Kennesaw. And then we'll uh, breed those, grow them out and do the whole process in house.
3: Very cool. So
0: what makes a difference between the mushrooms that are edible Like, how would you know, like, if you ever found yourself out in the woods and heaven forbid you had to start eating stuff from the forest... Like, how do you know which ones are good and which ones are bad?
4: So there's over twenty-five to 30,000 mushroom species that we know about currently. And of those, only about 180 to 200 are able to be eaten and consumed and even so less don't, cultivated. Don't. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not
0: saying I would. I'm that will, yeah. No, like, it seems like it's a very, it's Russian roulette and yeah, every exactly. chamber's got a bullet. Yeah. But I've always been curious because I have mushrooms in my backyard that I don't eat. To be very clear. <laughs> but I've seen them back and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I just leave them. Well. well, I end up cutting them because they're in the middle of the yard, but I just find them out there randomly.
4: So we go by a rule of thumb that all mushrooms are edible once, and uh, <laughs> there's a high, highly likelihood that you may come across a poisonous mushroom or a deadly mushroom fruiting right next to an edible species. So it's always best to find a wild food safety certified expert that knows something about mushrooms. And the, the best way at getting into kind of identifying them for yourself is to look in field guides. Looks at, look at the undersides of the caps of the mushrooms, see if they have pores or gills or teeth, and that'll help eliminate a lot of the uh, other species. So, if
0: there's pores, gills, or teeth, don't eat it. Just no, don't eat it, just Kevin. Don't just don't eat Only
1: eat mushrooms you get from Gowan Valley Farm. I, I, I plan to, but, I, but
0: I'm always <laughs> as curious because I, you know, I watch bear gorillas and all these other sure. survivalists. I'm always curious, like, how do they know? Like like what? Are, I know there are some things like with berries. If it irritates your skin, you probably shouldn't eat it. Mm -hmm. Or there's other things that you can do to find out if something's poisonous. I've always been curious to see, like, when it comes to mushrooms, because I see them in my yard a lot. Yeah. Like.
2: I would say most gilled mushrooms you find, besides oysters growing on a tree, are probably not going to be the most edible. Um, White mushrooms, stay away from them. Um, That's what's in my yard. Yeah, they're probably parasol. <laughs> do they grow in a circle? Yes, they do. Yeah, they're um, they're known as fairy circle mushrooms, but Aww. those are poisonous. Um, don't let your dog eat them. I couldn't have done. Yep, but uh, not bad for your soil or anything. Right. Um, I always like to say, shoot us a message of the cap and this and the underside, and we can give you a good expert opinion. On but really using books, like he said, and learning. Um, I saw one guy on Alone actually stayed alive for the remainder of the season through mushrooms. Hmm. So it is really important. I mean, you can have so much protein, vitamins, minerals. I mean, mushrooms are one of the best foods for you to actually consume, um, whether you eat meat or not. So it would keep you alive in a really bad predicament. Right. Um, pores have, you know, those are more medicinal. But yeah, check out like the... Um, Southeast foraging, Southeast mushroom foraging. That is a book that would be really great just to kind of get an overview. And we do foraging classes too. So oh, that's so. anyone cool. interested that does want to know just, you know, the basics to be able to pick out a few edible mushrooms mm-hmm. that they could confidently ID and know, you know, oh, these are probably not good. And no, these are definitely not good. Um, we offer very basic classes. So
1: I've heard of um, this thing called ginseng hunters. Why are they? Why are they called hunters, and not foragers?
2: It's because they're so hard to find. <laughs> oh, and really? really? It sounds cool. So <laughs> rare. Yeah, it sounds cooler, but they're so rare. I mean, it's like you know, you hear about people doing moonshine up in the mountains, but uh-huh. no one really tells you much else about that. It's like that. It's like gold. So these ginseng grow foragers, um, they're really not supposed to. It's like starting to be a endangered plant to my knowledge Uh so that's one thing but really it's like honey holes like we don't tell people our morel spots right because you know it's kind of rare and ginseng's even more rare i would say yeah one of the
4: big things with ginseng harvests is they've been uh, over harvested for the last 50 years or so because it's used in all
1: kinds of stuff right like medicines and um like moonshine or alcohol i've heard Mm
4: -hmm. and one of the things uh with like ginseng and several other uh, plants that are in that kind of genus, you can selectively harvest a portion of it and leave it so that it will continue to propagate in the future. Uh, But in the past, a lot of people have just robbed these areas that are full of ginseng, so Mm. there's unfortunately not the chance that it's going to propagate as well as it had in the past
1: interesting this is also interesting it is
3: it's impressive too because obviously when you hear mushroom farm you you have the stereotypical view of a farm mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. then it's to break it down to the science that you guys have and of course the collaborations with the universities and the in the laboratory science behind mm-hmm. it uh, is really impressive when it, when it comes down to it how do you decide which to cultivate and which not is that a collaboration as well
4: Yeah, so um, there are certain uh, phenotypes of mushrooms, certain species of mushrooms that will grow um, less overall yield, less desirable for shelf life and other factors. So we try and select strains of mushrooms to grow um, that are going to be best for bringing to markets, best for bringing to our chefs, and uh, flavor and taste also are factored into there. Um, so a lot of those hybrids that I mentioned before, trying to select the best qualities of each so sure. that we can uh, have a de- more desirable mushroom for both palate and shelf life.
1: Are you going to ha- start a cookbook with all of your mushroom <laughs> um, based? Probably could. But, yeah. I've well, had... at the market, you have tons of recipes out
2: thank you for noticing Uh, yeah they look delicious (laughs) thank you that has been a lot of like my grandma's Mm -hmm. recipes mixed with Gabe's recipes mixed with me maybe seeing a recipe and doing my own spin on it um but yeah I have had that question a lot and I went to school for creative writing and I've always wanted to be a published author so So I um would love to do that I'm so maxed out this year, but I really actually have that for a goal before the market next year during January, February, nice. um, collect that, get it into a really nice printed, uh-huh. you know, uh, template and have it for next market season where you can I, buy my I recipes. love
4: that.
3: <laughs> That's so cool. So is that the bottom line for the farm then to the point of the farm? Is it for more for the, the
2: food purposes? So it's a mix. I think we started out, yes, to yes, sell sure. fresh food to our local Community. I got my master's in marketing. I did my dissertation for a nonprofit farm in Greenville, South Carolina, that was almost bankrupt. So I went in, figured out what they could do to be successful. Um, gave them these suggestions. They took them. They're still successful to this day. Um, very successful. It's a nonprofit, so different than our for-profit farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew at, when I was going into my business degree, I wanted to figure out how to do my farm. So I didn't want to go into Shaw Industries or I didn't go work at Unum. I didn't have that on my radar. I kind of knew my trajectory, and so I kind of formed my things around that, my classes. Um, but I would say as we got that grant, it was like the best thing. My great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather was James Madison, who started Western Carolina University oh, wow. um, up in Cullowhee, North Carolina. And my grandma, it was her grandfather, um, always told me one thing – Uh, That a man can't take from you is your education. Obviously, she grew up in the 30s, 40s, where it was even harder than it is today for women to be successful Mm -hmm. um, and a business owner. So that kind of stayed with me. She told me that since I was a little girl. And Mm -hmm. so when we got the ability to have a farm, I didn't just want to do this for my community. I wanted to do it for something like way greater, like what my grandparents had instilled in me. So that's when we were like, Let's do it about research. Like, let's do all of this, not just for the community, but to provide more meaningful stuff for the community in 500 years mm-hmm. to where, like, there's different um, fungi that aren't going to be here in 20 years because of, you know, just how the world is. Different species are eliminated and new ones come around. So it's very interesting. And, like, that's kind of where I get my passion is, like, being able to do this for my community, but also for something a lot greater than for sure. your than us. kids and There's, great kids. yeah, exactly. Um and that's one cool thing he didn't mention about growing. We'll occasionally get to grow some species that, you know, haven't ever been grown before. Um yeah. like when they say, Hey, we're trying to work on like this mushroom. Could we send you a few blocks and see if you could get it to fruit? Mm-hmm. Um, so like chicken of the woods, for example, we're working with that right now. And um, haven't had any success, but you know it's just another really cool thing because of the university yeah, uh, grant. Like we get to start doing some things that no one else has been doing. On um, there's like a little bit more of an opening for discovering things and like being able to teach people how to cultivate things that have never been cultivated before. So I kind of get like really oh, excited about that sure. side of the we stuff. We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: is, has there been anything over the years of research now and the things that you guys then have that's really blown you away about it? maybe a certain type of mushroom or you're just like, wow, i never knew that. And that's amazing.
4: Yeah. So another uh, thing we didn't really uh, dive into mentioning is the utilization of different spent agricultural waste. So a lot of uh, Georgia farms have an abundance of ag waste like uh, cotton uh, holes, peanut chaff, corn chaff, different things that could be assembled into a mushroom substrate and uh, we'll give you the ability to grow mushrooms on, but there hasn't been much research with that. So it kind of creates a value add for the mushroom farmer to be able to remove this waste from another farm and then assemble it into a mushroom substrate. Super great for the the farmer to get rid of that waste on the land, but then we're able to turn it into something that could then be profitable for us. Um, And we've had great success with utilizing a bunch of those different ag wastes um, and trialing different species that maybe haven't been grown on them before.
2: I thought it was like, one thing I found really interesting was you can grow it on blue jeans like old denim yeah like you know there's in the fashion industry right now um fast fashion is out because of how much fabric and how many you know just pieces of clothes go into the trash every year Uh um this is just on a grander scale but being able to grow mushrooms even if it's not for um you know selling if it's just to like help with reducing the waste yeah. and then being able to continually reduce it by using different species that can become secondary or tertiary decomposers. On um, Learning about how different mushrooms um, decompose in different ways and different species can com- decompose different things mm-hmm. is really interesting. Um, my favorite is well, I was blown away that we could use one of the other mushrooms we currently grow on our spent substrate and then grow more mushrooms, which are, is just right now. We don't sell those, obviously, but mm-hmm. we're just doing fun research at the farm in different p- patches at our farm. We have horse horses, so they have, like, a mushroom field in their pasture right now. <laughs> but it's cool it's to see how far we can actually decompose our waste and see how, how far we can get it truly eliminated. And mm-hmm. um, we try to be permaculture-based, so... I like to incorporate loop systems using everything we can. Um, so that's been something I had no idea about when we first started. I was like, another mushroom can decompose another one? Mm-hmm. Wild. <laughs> um, but now I, the science behind it's fascinating. and. And I hope that through our research we'll get to focus a little bit more on that in the next five years or so. No. I it, love
3: it. It really is fascinating. It's so Obviously interesting you to have hear a y'all talk. For it uh, yes, <laughs> you have a passion for it. You can hear you it. We talk for hours. I'm sure about that. <laughs> you did talk a little bit about community engagement. Obviously, you guys said you're over at the market. You have a few events planned for Christmas and everything else. Um, talk about that again. Just go over through. If somebody wants more information, if they want to be more involved, if they want to do their own little mushroom thing, how does that? What's the community engagement look like for you guys?
2: So we are going to be at the Chattanooga Market every Sunday for the rest of the season, 11 to 4, at the First Horizon Pavilion. Yep, that's right. Um, knew my stuff. Yes, you did, girl. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to be at Cashew's 10th anniversary um, pop-up the and at the market, both on um, the same Sunday, on the 17th. And then we will be at the Georgia Mushroom Festival in Cave Springs, Georgia. It's With not... Yes, our people. <laughs> and if any Chattanoogans want to find more mushroom people, I suggest going to it. It's um, two, you can camp, there's a nighttime jam, and then there's wow. the daytime education and shops and events and vendors. So great time. We'll be there speaking with Dr. Kyle Gabriel, the scientist behind all of our technology, um, talking more about what we do in more of an academic setting. Um, and then we'll be vending. And then the Alabama Mushroom Fair is coming up October 6th and 7th. Um, and that is going to be at Camp Battleground. Tentative on that name. Um, but that'll be about an hour and a half from Chattanooga, just down towards Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get you that information on where. And uh, we'll also be at the Christmas markets. And if people are interested in volunteering, reach out to us on gowanvalleyfarms.com. We just have a general um, contact us form. You can tell us what you're interested in. Um, If you're interested in lab classes or any type of consulting, whether it's uh, wanting to incorporate mushrooms into your landscaping or growing outdoor small setup to helping you set up a Martha tent on we do consulting uh, that's pretty much book privately Um, Mm -hmm. and we do have classes and workshops we were so busy this fall honestly we were gonna have an on-farm event and it just didn't happen Mm -hmm. so instead of stressing and you know not enjoying my life we're just gonna (laughs) schedule it for probably um, February or March Where we'll have people come out, you get to do a log workshop, farm tour, um, and then we always cook like vegan gluten-free pizzas with our mushrooms and have music and it's like a nice evening that you can do it
1: and oh. learn about mushrooms
2: you're, you're yes. a big
3: picture thinker yeah yeah you, yeah, you <laughs> are <laughs> a big big uh, picture i sure am <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding and of course people can follow you on social media for all the updates and all of that because I know that was, a, that was a whole lot there yes. um but that's where they should follow you so what's the the which which yes. uh, handle should they use um
2: at Gowan valley farms and at Gowan valley mushrooms on instagram um at Gowan valley farms post a little bit more about our farm and then our mushroom page is just really centric about our mushrooms they're beautiful thank you they really are they're They're beautiful (laughs) um but yeah so you can check both of those they'll have it on facebook gowan valley farms we always post everything um and we also have a newsletter so if you wanted to sign up just shoot us a message on our website and you get a once a month email that sends you all of the links at the beginning of the month for any type of anything we'll be doing that's great too. But, we'll almost make sure to link up on
3: ours mm-hmm. our socials as well because that's what they're familiar with at, at hits 96 radio of course on the website and facebook and so on and so forth just to continue to get the word out there but yeah i think that is uh it really is fascinating it's, it's so it's interesting. the best word for it yeah for
1: sure thank you so much emma and gabe thank for you. coming in thank,
2: thank you, you for, for having me. us
3: <laughs> this has been hey what's up hello
0: the hits 96 podcast with dj kevin hayes natalie and gino d Make sure to follow us on all social media and to like and subscribe. Please note that the views, opinions, and content expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of Beihackle Communications.